Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria <laughs> use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch. It's open micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that open micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald ass head. Jacob looking in bed. It's open micers, bitch. Heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass. Open micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy. Open micers in the house. Open micers in the house. Open micers in the mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy. Open micers in the house. The mic is now open. <laughs> That's the new acoustic theme from Mushmouth himself, Mr. Mark Simmons. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you guys think about that one, but uh, uh, to, to start us off, this is the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig. Um, if we were taking bets on if our last intro could get worse, <laughs> I feel like some people owe me some money. So Sam Talent, Dave Stone, y'all pay up. I think they both said it couldn't get worse. I, I'm going to say I actually prefer the acoustic version much better than the, uh, the hip-hop oh, version dude. myself. No, dude, the hip-hop version is way better because it, it, it actually flows. The acoustic version is just like, I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's, it's really horrible. We're going to get our guest take on it. Let me yeah. introduce him real quick. Uh, we have a fantastic guest tonight. He is. Uh, he does like the one-liner style of comedy. I really dig it. He does it in a very different way that I don't think I've heard from a lot of people before. We'll get into that on the episode as well. He's actually coming local to us, man. He's coming to Lafayette. He's going to be performing at the Artmosphere Bistro on August 11th. That's a Friday. Get your tickets now at lafayettecomedy.com. You can find his album, A Boatload of Jokes, streaming now. Please welcome Zach Reiner, everybody. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. What did you think of our intro? So Give here's a, the a thing. Brutally honest opinion. Mark is in the chat room right now, so he... he's in, he's going to listen to what you say. I <laughs> know. Uh, I actually did. I actually liked it. To be honest, See? I thought it was very. Uh, I thought it was good. It's good. I mean, yeah, I thought it was solid. That's good, dude. I thought it was dog shit. Like <laughs> it, it was really. It was a really clunky way to start our show. Because the one before was like a hip. Was like a rap version. It was way, oh, okay. it was way better. I see, yeah, okay, maybe, I, yeah. But, I, I mean, I thought it was all right. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. Are we really hip-hop type guys, though? Like, is a hip-hop intro our, more our, our speed or uh, an acoustic? I mean, maybe you're a little... I mean, so, Jason, when you started music, electric guitars were not invented. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> ac acoustic instruments are kind of your jail. I, I grew up in the 21st century. I don't yeah. mind a rap intro, dude. <laughs> it kind of gets my swag right for the episode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you are way younger than I am, so. But I'm in old hip. school hip hop, though. Like, if it was more in the in the lines of like, I, I don't know, you know, like my Adidas or something like that, maybe I maybe I could get into the hip hop a little more. Dude, I'm hip. You're hip replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that, that's enough about our intro, dude. We'll tweak it. Mark, send us another one. He's supposed to be doing a punk rock version of it. That might be the keeper because it's supposed to be bad. But, uh, Zach, when we were talking behind the scenes, um, you, you mentioned the first time you met our mutual friend Jason Leonard was at a, a very unfortunate, uh, I think you mentioned comedy <laughs> festival. How, how did that go down? Uh, I mean, oh, it was hell yes fest. Which I think, I mean, that, like, is, I mean, that guy is, like, canceled or whatever. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, he's the but, worst. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah, not here to get into that. But <laughs> this was before that. 
uh, I was hanging out with like Polk and Cardosi and those guys and like uh um yeah uh but uh the show that me and Jason met on we were both on this show and uh, it was like the first show of the festival first or second it was like the beginning of the weekend and there we got there and there was no electricity it was just like a barn I don't remember I don't know where we were because I don't know New Orleans you know or like you know that's not my city uh but uh there was no so there was no electricity so and the stage was just a wooden pallet and there was like 15 people in the audience and we all just did our like 10 to 15 minutes or whatever standing in that wooden pallet to like the 15 people in the uh uh the lawn chairs that were in the barn for that <laughs> show uh it was pretty brutal there's not lights in there either and it was like seven o'clock um uh, <laughs> I'm sure Jay, I, I was. Me and Jason have talked about it once before, but not too many times since then. But yeah, it was definitely an experience. Was there at so, least air conditioning in there? I mean, um, I think it was in fall, so I don't really think it was actually hot. I think it was like in October, November. So I don't really, I don't remember when Hell Yes Fest was every year when it was happening, but it was. I don't remember it being too hot. Would you, you say that's like there. one of one of your worst festival experiences? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. No one knew where they were going. Uh, the L.A. Com- I remember the talking to the uh, the comics who were from L.A. and uh, they were like, "Oh my God, we just paid like two hundred dollars to come to this festival, and we got like one and a half, and we got like two sets, and our first, and like our first set is closing out this improv show." and judging it at like 4 30 p.m and like this yeah it was bad like all the like people who had flown there half across the country what their first set it was bad yeah yeah that's something that i think a lot of comedy festivals down here have gotten wrong like i felt gypped doing the mobile comedy festival driving an hour to only get three sets like yeah. if i'm doing a week-long festival i want to get like more than <laughs> You know, multiple sets in, dude. Like, if you're coming from LA. Oh, yeah, there were LA comics flying from LA getting two sets, and their first set was getting five minutes closing out an improv show at like 4 30 p.m. the day they got in. Yeah, that's that's insane, (laughs) dude. And then they had one other show the whole weekend, and they were basically just supposed to hang out. (laughs) That's awesome. Hell yes, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what the thing is, like, is it was still fun. Like, we everyone still made, like, imagine if, like, that's, that's what sucks is people, like, you know, how the youth say fumble the bag now, but, like, people yeah. fucked it up so bad. Like, that could have been so fucking awesome. If people just ran shit properly, like, you know what I mean? Like, it could just fucking be awesome. Yeah, for whatever reason, dude, like, there, there are so many producers down here who like or just get really bad at comedy they're just bad at comedy for like such a long time that they start producing shows and then also do it badly because they're bad at comedy yeah and i think that's probably one of those instances yeah yeah it's like the it's like a it is a way to like get shows unfortunately is like if you just like produce and book enough shows people will just book you based on that and you don't have to get better at comedy Right. Yeah. People will book you on their shows because they want to get booked on your shows. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle of poor yep. comedy. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot, unfortunately. Well, we always yeah. talk about like nightmare scenarios here on uh, on the podcast. What's some of the best uh, places that you've been to? Like, what, what are some of the best shows or best festivals you've actually been to? Oh, man. What's weird is the be- like some of the best ones I've done are like, I don't know, because I do a weird, different kind of comedy. So, like, the best time I had was, was I did this punk festival in Gainesville, Florida, called The Fest. Uh, I, I don't even remember real, what year it was. Real it creative like name there. <laughs> yeah, Fest. 2015, 2016. It's like a <laughs> punk music festival. But, like, it was insane. Like, they wanted, and, like, the comedy shows went from, like, noon to, like, 3 p.m. And, like, just kind of continuously. It wasn't ran very well. But, like, it was, like, for the hungover people seeing too much pop punk and wanting to come over. 
and that was but that was like where i met like chris gethard and like i had like some of the best sets of my life it's like they were just it's just like i don't know you just get it's weird it's weird how you find like the uh you know the people who want to see it you know yeah yeah i mean i've had that experience as well i think that like the the sort of punk and rock fans like that like the hard rock guys i think they're like underrated like really good audiences for comedy because like i've I've gone up before punk bands before and just like had some of the best sets i've ever had yeah totally i would definitely agree with that yeah that's kind of what i was getting at for sure yeah yeah uh so what we do here on the podcast is uh we sort of do a deep dive into your like beginnings of comedy some of your open mic experience, where and when you started. So I know you're in Denver now. Did you start in Denver and about how long ago? Okay, I started in Omaha, Nebraska, actually. Um, okay. in, uh, in, I think it was May of 2012. Uh, okay. So I'm like 11 years, 11 ish years in. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was insane. Uh, we didn't even have any actually dedicated comedy only open mics when i started comedy in omaha it was mixed open mics uh like so you i mean we were following guys who were doing nine minutes doing a nine minute slam poem about wanting to like kill themselves and their whole family and shit (laughs) and then it's like let's tell some fucking jokes baby But yeah, but friend Preston, who's coming with me to Louisiana, yeah, we both started in that. Like, we were, it was a mixed open mic follower. It was a bunch of, and we're from Omaha. So, it, an Omaha is emo, man. Like, music is like Omaha. Like, you got bright eyes and cursive and all that shit. Like, it's an emo town. Like, I was not aware of that. When I think Omaha, I think of steaks. I don't think of, oh, emo. yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, dude, it's, yeah, it's a very emo town. When yeah. I think of Omaha, uh, I think of 311. Is there still a big 311 I, I, presence there? That's fair, too, to be honest. That's fair, too. They are from also from Omaha. I don't know, dude. I <laughs> fuck with 311, and I'm from Mississippi. I, I think 311 is just fucking underrated. I mean, no, I would agree that they're underrated. I think they get a lot more hate than they should. Definitely. So when you Okay, so when you were starting with the open mics in Omaha, Nebraska, 2012... You're at mixed open mics. There's no comedy dedicated only. Were you were you having to do like PG thirteen material here or what or what was happening? No, it was it was the darkest shit you could imagine that you were following. So <laughs> I I mean, and I, I always did one liners. Like I've never done it. I've never written it. I don't even think that my brain is capable of writing anything else. So, but like it helps in these situations because I can just like get like attention really quick and like a loud bar or like you know a room full of goth people who want to kill themselves listening to slam poetry. It's just like it's it's always helped in those situations. Weirdly, it's it's been nice uh, to to be doing the one liners. Like it's it's helped grab the attention. But uh, yeah, I mean, like it was Omaha was nuts. Like I don't, I still, I mean, okay. And me and my friends, so we didn't get to this yet, but I did, I helped start the first only open mic in Omaha that was only comedy only. And it just recently ended. <laughs> and so now there's a not one again. Uh, oh, wow. But almost, Omaha is a big city, though. Like, you would think that there would be a, a like, an underground comedy scene there. It, that's the thing is, like, there is, like, a pretty solid there's underground comedy scene, but, like, None of the comics that are still there want to like book comedians to come through or like go through the hassle of like being producers or like doing any of that shit anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. After me and Preston and a couple other people moved from Omaha and we were like the only ones that I guess would put up with that shit. I I don't know. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you like your style of comedy, like that one liner, you know, one liner style of comedy. Mm what is your writing process like? Like, how long does it take to come up with, you know, like a, a good solid set? Uh, I mean, it takes a while. I mean, because every joke, that I, every every new joke I write, I always tell people it's like, oh man, yeah, great, I got a new seven seconds or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, a, a lot of it I like to like. I don't know. It's just like reading. It's like one word will trigger a joke. It's like reading a book or reading. I don't know anything. 
it's usually just like one word or one phrase that'll tr that'll trigger a joke something like that uh that's generally how it works or just like hearing like a phrase that people use a lot i like to remix like stuff like that a lot you know yeah. like an anti-joke or something like that norma norm mcdonald say it's a meta joke and he hated yeah. those but he was lying and full of shit <laughs> but, and full uh, of cancer yeah, I mean, apparently yeah yeah it's just like uh, those are my i mean just like i love just like you know just like on the norm podcast at the end where they're just like doing jokes i mean that's just like my thing it's like i love that shit yeah. Like, let's just tell each other jokes. That's kind of how I like to make my stay, you know what I mean? Which I want to double down on that as well, because, I mean, from, from your comedy style, from what I've seen, is much different from even other one-liner comics, where you'll start off with what sounds like a really, what sounds like something that would be a structured story, but then it ends with a one-liner punchline. And then your next one-liner is also relevant to the one that you've had. So it's not like it's non sequiturs, you know, just a bunch of jumbled mess that a lot of one-liner comics have. It's like, oh, this is actually a structured, like, premise and story that's like a linear, you know. It's, it's almost yeah. like you're telling a story with, like, in pieces where every, every sentence is a joke. Yeah, it is like a weird little dark behind the scenes story if you piece it together, I guess. Like Yeah. Uh I guess that's kind of how I try to do it. Like there is like the pieces about me are really there, you know, but like you have to like see it, I guess. I and like I guess like you saying that I guess is kind of seeing that and I kind I appreciate that. Uh well, but yeah, like that is kind of how I try. That that those are generally like the only those are generally like the real ones that I can make from my own life and write one-liners in that way, I would say like, and those generally are the ones that I can like splice together like that, I would say. Yeah. So developing that style, I don't know if that, that came from Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know how much time you spent there, but I mean, does, did the, you know, did the slam poetry rub off on you a little bit sort of developing that kind of style? Um, maybe, Maybe I would probably I don't know I, I I would actually say that that came from a lot I got really into watching a lot of like uh, British one-liner comedians okay because they have a lot they have a lot more one-liner comedians over there like it's not just like Jimmy Carr <laughs> yeah like they're that's mostly what they do over there is like one-liners and like so I, I like really study that and they are like really good at like connecting things they have like uh, it's just the level that they do it on is just like a it's a completely different level so i kind of just kind of got into a really like admiration level of just kind of how they do it over there i guess and uh just like a combination of kind of how they do it and we do it maybe i don't know yeah. maybe i just was watching a lot of it and just combining it with my life so is it easy for you to to memorize that that type of comedy where where like you said it's like uh, one one liner leads to to a little story to another one liner like it all kind of flows together like is it easy to memorize it like that or is it something you got to do over and over until it finally like sticks it's really hard to memorize <laughs> it's like if you took a hundred and i guess i mean like 30 minutes is a hundred jokes so it's like if you yeah. like, tried to go to the grocery store the hundred things and tried to come back with you know all your shit but uh it's so like i mean i do have a set list and i don't but i but like i i do have it pretty down at this point like and if i do have to look at it i can grab like three or four at a time like it, i don't know it, it but like you do like a word association and like i don't know i do like a word association number association like if i know it's like the i don't know 48th joke i can associate number 48 with like a athlete i know with the number 48 or some shit or something you know it's all it's all stuff like that you know just a mental association just like word association number association oh yeah you're so you're doing some like sherlock type shit when you're going through your your <laughs> set to that to yeah. Palace, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a lot <laughs> At the fucking rain man of one liners on the podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> exactly how many there's truly are. some rain man shit. Yeah. Not only just like writing them and being like too autistic to make eye contact, all of the rest of it is also autistic. 
So you mentioned sort of the British one-liner comedy, and that that is huge over there. I mean, they they have, you know, entire television shows that are kind of based around that. Like you have stuff like Mock the Week and and all oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Are you are you into that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. I love uh, Stuart Francis, Gary Delaney. Uh, fuck, I remember the one guy that's super offensive, something Boyle. He's really fucking good. Uh, I mean, it's like there's yeah, there's they have like there's so many good one-liners over there. I mean, it's insane. Like people in America don't really do it as much as over there. It's uh, I mean, I mean, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, it is like it, it is different how over there it's like pretty common to be a one-liner comedian. Yeah, I, I think it's common too because those shows have been going on for so long which Mock the Week just ended, I think. But, yeah. you know, you have new comics now coming up and they're doing the one-liner style because they're like, well, mm-hmm. I want to have a set that's ready to go on Mock the Week. Like, I want oh, yeah, to be used to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts how different it is. How Like, everyone here is like, Kyle Kinane, I have to be like Kyle Kinane or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is like not a knock on Kyle Kinane. He's the fucking best. He's amazing. But, like, it is like everyone in, everyone over here is like more of like, I need to write those chunks and those bits whereas like over there they're like no i need to be like punchy and you know yeah i think it's breeding better comics over there because like they're they're breeding comics that actually have to write and think about stuff and over here everyone's like well i want to be like burt kreischer so i want to like get drunk and tell stories (laughs) and then not do it as good because he's an anomaly it's definitely better to master like punchlines before you try to tell like long stories i feel like I had a friend who did that. Uh, he was an he was like he was an open micer who was he and he was like he didn't he wasn't struggling for the for his first couple of years of comedy and like he was like I'm gonna do what you do and he's like I don't care if I get booked so he just like only wrote one liners for like a solid calendar year and then he went and then after and then like he got booked off that for a little bit but then he went back to writing bits and he was so good at writing like long bits after he just tried to write one liners. Mm-hmm. For like a calendar year, like he and you, he was like so good at it. He had like and, and like he ended up you know having a family and becoming a firefighter. But uh, yeah. but he did get really good at like writing bits. Like it worked. It really did work. Like he like he forced himself to figure out how to write punchlines and then went back to wanting to like incorporate that into like stories and longer bits. Yeah, that that's the secret. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that like. The story, like it, it was funny when it happened to them in the moment, but the story's not funny. Just yeah, like it, it would yeah. be funny if it was the premise for a sitcom, but like on stage, like you have to put like, you know, punches in your story oh. at, at least once a minute, dude. Like it totally, can't, totally. it can't be five minutes of setup and then you know one punchline. <laughs> totally, and like I mean, I I just feel like uh, and I get it. I mean, like Kanane's amazing, and like. People wanted to be Louis C.K. even before that. Like people love those kind of guys, but like you really do need to figure out punchlines first. Like I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, jokes are like what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that that could bring me down a whole rabbit hole. Of people not knowing how to write <laughs> jokes. That's my biggest pet peeve as a comedian, dude. Is like going to a local open mic, just being like, "Why? Like, what did you do since the last open mic? Like, you didn't do yeah. any work." Yeah. Anyway, just been drinking. Yeah, dude, just been just been <laughs> fucking around, man. Like just been it, binge drinking and wanting to say the n word. <laughs> yeah, right. Just waiting until open mic night to drop it. <laughs> I'm edgy. I can get away with it. Um. All right. So we're we're in Omaha, Nebraska at this point. Um. At what point do you realize that you need to make the jump from Omaha, Nebraska, to a different location? Uh, I moved to Denver in 2014. Um, okay. I did a couple, I did like the High Plains Festival and I had done a couple shows with like Kanane and Rory and those guys and they all recommended, and Adam Kate and Holland and they all recommended to move to Denver. Uh, so I just did and it was, I mean, cause I was from Omaha and it, it's literally just like a seven hour drive west from Omaha. So gotcha. Easy move. And all I right. moved here with my buddy who was also in like a similar position so yeah that's awesome man all right so we're so we're in denver now 2014 
uh, when you first get to Denver, what's the grind like there? Are you doing open mics? Are you getting booked pretty quick? Yeah, I I, uh, I was getting booked pretty quick just because I knew people. Uh, also grinding for the for definitely for first few years in Denver. Uh, you had to. The Denver scene was nuts. I mean, it still is, but like when I first moved here, it was pretty. In like 2014, the Denver scene was insane. I mean, like Sam Talent was still like hosting open mics at that point here. You know what I mean? Like multiple open mics, like he was hosting. So I mean, that's just where Denver was at that point. Like it was just, it was it was a pretty insane place to be in Denver around like the 2014 to 2017 period. Yeah, was I was gonna magical. bring that up. I was gonna bring that up because that 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 timeline matches for Sam Talent, William Montgomery, and I think Brant Tobler to all still be in Denver. Oh yeah, yeah, I did a yeah done a lot of shows with William, uh, yeah, and Brant. Yeah, I mean, fucking William, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 haven't had him on the show. We've talked to Brant and Sam, but uh, uh, I mean that's just a line of killers to be thrown into a talent pool with. Yeah, I mean William's fucking nuts, it's, and he rules. Uh, I mean to do the chaos he does, and then also have like the one liners to slip in, it, it rocks. Like it, this, it's complete chaos with the jokes that he can throw in. That's yeah. I mean that's just perfect. But it's also it's got that's got to be motivating. Right. I mean, it, it either motivates you or it it kills. Oh, you. yeah. Whenever I hear whenever I hear someone have like a joke that I'm just I'm like, fuck, I should have thought of that. And it's like and then it's like, oh, I got to think of something or something, you know, I, I mean, I took this from Ben Kronberg in like 20. I don't know. I met Kronberg in like 2014, 2015. And he had this he had this modern comedian YouTube series episode that he did. And he said something like. He said something like somebody asked him how many jokes he he had, and he was like, "Well, one a day for like eight years." And I always kind of tried to do that, like uh, think of something once a day that I would at least try on stage. So that's kind of just like always been my thing. It's like I'm gonna try to think of something one at least one a day that I at least try on stage. It's not that, bad advice at all. <laughs> that's really oh, that's good great advice, advice dude. And for everyone at home listening who's never tried comedy that thinks that's easy, that's a really hard undertaking. Yeah, but if you can do it, it's very difficult. If you can do it, I mean, even if only 10% of those jokes are any good, that's still, you know, 35 jokes or 36 jokes. You did the math on that that quick, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was kind of what I took from me. Like Ben Kronberg was like one of my first one-liner dudes I met, you know, doing comedy. He came to Omaha in like 2012, 2013, 2014. And uh, yeah, it, so, and that was something I just always took from him. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do that same thing. It's pretty, pretty impossible at times, but I still yeah. try. Yeah. And so there must be a lot of opportunities to get uh, stage time still in Denver too. I know the scene's great, but but what's the scene like now in Denver in terms of like open mics, showcases, like how how many times a night you can get up? I think there's an open mic about every night. There's an open mic every night a week, uh, at least one. Uh, there's a couple of there, there's two. Um, I mean, I don't. I, there's a couple I wouldn't vouch for necessarily, and there's a couple I would. But but you can get up for sure every night of the week. Hell yeah. And I know you guys have some really good clubs there as well. Um, do yeah. you remember your first set at the Denver Comedy Works and how did that go? Uh I have a I don't remember my first set ever, but I could tell you uh one time I was doing uh the new talent night and it was my first year there and Dave Chappelle hosted Whoa. uh and brought me on stage at the open mic night. <laughs> wow. What was so that, that like was to insane. be brought up by like the best comic? alive yeah no yeah a, he literally like said my name like he was literally hosting it was nuts it was uh like uh he came on a tuesday and wendy was like well we have like our local night tonight he's like can i just host and she was like <laughs> i guess <laughs> and like he ended, he did so much time between each comic he'd really i mean it was like 20 it's like 30 comics and he probably did 20 like it was a, the longest show you could ever imagine yeah uh and- but but like it was really cool to like hear Dave Chappelle be like Zach Reiner, like it was it was insane. 
and I imagine it's not easy to do well on that show when everyone in the audience is just like, I have to sit through this guy to see 20 more minutes of Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. He was also he was also blaring Kanye West in the back room in the green room every time he got off. <laughs> Dude, that's but like so it wasn't funny. easy when you were on stage either. Yeah. It was just like, hey, I'm getting introed by Dave Chappelle, so this rocks. I'll fucking take it. I'll take the L on the set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't care if the people can hear me. <laughs> yeah, you'll have this forever. Would, would yeah. you say that that's one of your your finest moments in comedy, or is it just kind of like something funny that's happened? It was it wasn't one of my finest, but it was one of my like it's one of the most random moments where it's like, man, any anything can fucking happen. Yeah, because like it, it's like, man, you could be just doing the open mic at a local club, and all of a sudden, like the best comedian of all time is hosting it or whatever, you know? Oh, dude, I mean, I I know a guy who kind of won the lottery in that way where he was booked on a show as just the opener and the show's about to close. And then at the very end, Dave Chappelle comes out and does like an hour on this show. So now he forever has this credit of, well, I've opened for Dave Chappelle because he oh, technically yeah. did. So by all means, take that credit. And now oh, like, yeah, he, yeah. he's like headlining comedy clubs way before he should be because he's open for dave Chappelle, and he can just tell clubs yeah. that well no the best is like there was like he got to a co uh, there was a female comedian who got to co-host with him and like he just like straight up riffed with her and like co-hosted with her yeah like so like there was like timmy ladley was like she was and she like she got to, she literally got to co-host with dave Chappelle, like and like riff with him and like do all that there's like a local comic Damn, dude. I don't I don't know if I would be able to keep it together to be able to do that. <laughs> Quite honestly. Yeah, it was nuts. Like she she did hold her own. I'll give her that. Like she was like she didn't get like overwhelmed. Like she like, it was nuts to just like co-host with Dave Chappelle. I mean, that's gotta be pretty crazy. Dude, she does, I, she, I mean, she's mean she was she's just like, oh, I'm going into this, you know, just hosting Tuesday night, you know, mm-hmm. at Comedy Works, you know, the local talent night. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Chappelle is fucking co-hosting. <laughs> Dude, I, I think the the craziest thing along those lines that, I mean, and this didn't even really happen, but it it, it was a distinct possibility, was uh, Theo Vaughn was doing one of the casinos here, and we had an open mic at a bar that was, like, within walking distance from the casinos, and the owner had contacted Theo to be like, hey, do you want to, you know, before your, your show, come do a set here at the bar? And he had said, yeah, I'll come by. And um, he didn't realize that in his contract, it says that he can't do any other shows in the area. A lot of them do. A lot of those contracts. I've learned just from knowing people who run comedy festivals. That is because like they get mad about people who do shows like in that city that aren't part of the county festival i do know that that's like a thing. so dumb dude the casinos have it on lock they say yeah. you cannot perform anywhere else uh within this certain radius within 24 yeah. hours of being here so, oh comedy works has that rule too man like uh like if you perform like if you headline the comedy fort uh in fort collins that david rodriguez owns very good friend of mine uh amazing club it's where i'm recording my special but uh, uh, if you if you do if you headline there, Wendy at Comedy Works won't let you headline at Comedy Works for another calendar year. Like Jesus. it's uh, like uh, you can't headline anywhere in Colorado. That's wow. so weird to me, dude. I don't know. Theo almost did it anyways. He he said that he was gonna do it anyway. So I was just like on standby, getting a text on whether or not I was going to open the Theo Vaughn real quick. I think that's pretty standard. It's, I mean, it's not cool, but I think it's pretty standard. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, what are they going to do if you just decide to do it anyways, you know? I guess they just, like, wouldn't pay you. I mean, like, what they, I don't know. Or maybe just, like, a chunk of what they'd pay you. Yeah, but the thing is, is, like, at the club that it was going to be at, it was this place that we used to go do open mic at called the Wayward Kraken. And it had Mm -hmm. its, you know, clientele of regulars but if he'd have come and done that the casino would have never heard about it like they would have never known but if someone did rat he'd be in like a shitload of trouble you know yeah and he is the rat king so i mean he couldn't (laughs) take that chance dude 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that is like the risk. Like he could get in trouble, like, and then he just doesn't get paid for that weekend, and then he can't do that place ever again. And I guess it's harder now with with social media. Like you can't get away with anything these days, like you could before yeah. social. Media. Oh yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, like Comedy Works takes your phone. I mean, like there are venues Good. that like straight up take your phone and they lock them up and you get them back when the show's over. Yeah, yeah, they need to, dude. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know of any like big comedians touring right now that don't you know have the it in place, their yeah i think the places i think the places that get like the random like huge famous drop in and i think those places like take your phone because they're like well we our famous people trust us you know so mm -hmm. we have to take your phone yeah we had that problem a comic wanted to come here but he was just doing bar shows but he wanted like everyone's phones to be taken and really? the producer the producer had to explain to him, like, if I try to take someone's phone at this dive bar in South Mississippi, I might get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's a, that's a, you can't do that at bars, man. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna get nice for sure. Yeah, it was Todd Berry. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> um, oh, dude, I've heard, dude, you have no idea, man. I've heard people say he's, like, the most unreasonable man alive. What's crazy, dude, is he was trying to get booked by someone that's also unreasonable. So it's just the battle of wills. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a booker, so I don't really care. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I, mean, I mean, I've heard he is like pretty chill, but I've heard he can be like pretty demanding. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I would be too. But it's like, I mean, if you're gonna do the bar shows, dude, you can't have demands. Yeah, like you can't that. do that at bar shows, yeah. man. Like. I mean, you got to get reasonable. you got to get to at least you know a theater level before starting. Well, making I mean, he's demands. on a theater level. He's just headlining bars, so it's like just yeah. go to theaters. <laughs> you have all of the capabilities. Yeah, you have a Netflix special. Just do it's like theaters. I get. Yeah, it's like I get that you're stepping down, being at a bar doing this show, but like that means you can't take their phone because you are stepping down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to yeah. realize where you are. You know. It's not happening. So, yeah. Oh, shout out to the his album Medium Energy. I love that shit. <laughs> Just randomly, that's that's one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, he. I mean, he is a legit comedy legend. It's, oh, it's medium, so... and, and Medium Energy is like short jokes. People don't realize that he was like a short joke writer. Medium Energy is like thirty tracks. Like it's fucking it's short jokes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would I would venture to say that he's borderline one-liner comic as well yeah for sure it's just a little more sarcastic or however i mean that's a shit way to put it you know like the easy way to put it but just yeah. sarcasm we got to tell you guys about b-res coffee company that's right b-res coffee is a small business established here on the gulf coast that was created for gamers by game whatever kind of coffee you like they got you covered like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. So do you think that that style of comedy, that one-liner style of comedy, you know, that British style that's going on right now, do you think that's going to maybe influence some comics going forward? Because it seems like, you know, American comedy kind of has that, you know, like waves of different type of comedy that, you know, or get popular. Like, but it's been a while since like one-liner yeah. comics. It doesn't seem like one-liners catch on as far as like a comedian like wave here, like to me. <laughs> Yeah, but you think of some uh, of the mean, best comics of all time. I mean, you think of somebody like Rodney Dangerfield, you know, yeah. Mitch Hedberg, like huge, like famous, like comedians. Like, why are there not more like that? You think, yeah, it's crazy. And I, what I was thinking is like, and like even like women, like Wendy Liebman's even like the only female one-liner I can even think of. Like, I mean, like there's a whole market for like a, for like that. I mean, like. A female one-liner could murder you know like yeah. uh i mean it's not it's just it's such like an untapped market you know, when you think about it and if you get good at it i mean that seems like you're in a lane by yourself you know if you pretty much yeah nail yeah, that. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest, like, I got, I really got into it just because of Norm MacDonald, like, he's my hero. Uh, it was like, Norm MacDonald Weekend Update was, I mean, that was the first thing I ever liked in comedy as a kid. Uh, I mean, I still watch the videos now. I mean, like, he's just always been it for me. Like, those Norm uh, best of jokes from his podcast, I mean, he's just, I mean, everything Norm, you know, the best. Oh, I, my my favorite Norm Macdonald uh, uh, videos are when he's bombing. Like I remember back in the nineties, <laughs> me and my my a friend of mine, we used to have this a uh, couple of tapes we would trade back and forth. We would just tape comedians, you know, like uh, especially if Norm Macdonald was on like the Tonight Show or oh, yeah. uh, you know Dave Letterman or something. We would tr we would tape it, and then we and if he bombed. Dude, that was the best because we would just watch those over and over again because it seemed like the more he was bombing, the funnier it got. Yeah. Well, because it's the more he does like the, eh, eh, the <laughs> <Yeah>. character. <laughs> it's the more he does the norm character. Like he just the leans further, the into more he, it. The worse he was doing, the more norm, the more, eh. Yeah, he just <laughs> leans into it as he's like, the more he bombs, the more he leans into it. And it's just the Yeah, absolutely. Gets. I mean. No, uh, yeah. I don't think anybody will ever be able to do that like him again. Oh, I mean, he was the best. I mean, yeah, uh, the goat. I think he's. I think he's the best comedian ever, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He's definitely on a route, uh, Mount Rushmore of, oh, yeah. of some kind of you yeah. know, pioneering some sort of comedy. Um, Patrice O'Neill was the same way too. I think where you oh, yeah. liked it better almost when he bombed because then he would just turn it on to just a whole <laughs> yeah. other level. Yeah, it's like where he starts talking about shit about himself and everyone there. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like, okay, here we go. It's like, lock the doors. I'm doing 40 more minutes. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Rest yeah. in peace, man. All the good com comics yeah. are dead. We don't have any good comics left. Yeah. There was one, I always remember this, the, there was one Norm MacDonald, his first ever Weekend Update joke, which I legitimately think is his best Weekend Update joke ever. And it was, uh, whenever they first brought in O.J. Simpson, he refused to take a lie detector test. His reason, it detects lies. <laughs> he, dude, he had so many good OJ it's like, jokes. Jesus Christ! Like, like no one could tell that joke, like, because it's not even like clever, but it's like, <laughs> fuck! It's like that's a norm joke, and it murders. Dude, I didn't even realize this until I watched a video like doing a deep dive on it. But that's the sole reason he lost his job at SNL. Oh yeah, so many OJ jokes. <laughs> yeah. And he got he got a he got banned from the ESPYS for going too hard at hosting the ESPYS. Uh, yeah, he made OJ jokes and like Tiger Woods jokes and like oh, also. <laughs> what do you expect, dude? Like when you hire a comedian to do that, what do you expect? Uh, yeah, you know what was weird was whenever he was, uh, this is, like just to go off a tangent, uh, because like him and Anthony Jeselnik, you would think actually would like each other, but they hated each other. On really? like uh, last comic standing, and Anthony Jeselnik hosted like the last season of that show, and Norm was a judge, and they fucking hated each other, and it shocked me. I was like, you would think these two would fucking get along. Yeah, uh, Mopar Sniper in the chat room said that uh, SNL in general fell off sadly, but do you think um, if Lorne Michaels is actually talking about retiring, and um, the rumored replacement for him is uh oh shit not what's her name not not tina amy Fey, right yeah tina fey what do you think do you think maybe the quality of snl will go up after she takes over yeah probably i mean she's definitely i mean she's what i mean she's obviously would be more in tune than dinosaur lord michael <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean yeah. you know she's still i mean she just she knows that type of comedy you know, she knows yeah, the sketch I mean, comedy. I mean, she did fucking 30 Rock, you know, for yeah, I mean, which is making fun of SNL. You know, I mean, she's she's the person to do it. Yeah, I mean, they have, that's what sucks. SNL has, like, so many funny writers right now. Like, I know. some of the funniest people I've ever met in my life are SNL writers right now. 
Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the direction is there, like what the limits are, but I, don't, I know they have a lot of funny writers. I don't sure. want SNL to fail. I know there's so many people out there just like, oh, just let it go. You know, let, it hasn't been funny in years. That's the thing is like, we need SNL, you know, like SNL is a, as an American I would love staple. Mad TV back though. <laughs> oh, dude, Mad they, they they would not try to do Mad I know, TV man. now. I would love Mad TV because it's like the offensive one. <laughs> I fucking I want Mad TV. I want the offensive SNL back. Like, give me that <laughs> oh, one. Yeah. Like, shit. Let's bring Matt, back in living like, color oh, yeah. too. Mad TV. Mad TV fucking ruled so goddamn hard. <laughs> yeah, it did, dude. And they've tried bringing it back a couple of times, and it just yeah. doesn't work anymore. Like, I know, and I it probably could now. Weirdly, I do think I do think people are craving that now. But yeah. like when they did try to bring it back, people weren't craving it then. But I do think maybe I don't know. I think it maybe could now. I think the darker stuff is maybe working a little better than it was then. Yeah. Well, I was I was just gonna bring it up, but like it seems like the best thing that's happening in sketch comedy right now are you know people who got rejected from SNL going and making their own shows that are better oh, yeah. than SNL. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the Shane Gillis. The, yeah, I, watched I, mean, the, I watched the sketch special he put out, and it was incredible. I mean, Yeah, Jesus Gillian Christ. Keeves is so good. And then I Think You Should Leave Now is oh, incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, I forgot he was also an SNL. I forgot. He, yeah. was, he was on for like shit. one season, and they did like his oh, sketches and cut them. And then he makes I a forgot. show that does better views than SNL. Not only that, but as a, just a meme generator that guy yeah I right feel like people don't bring up the fact that he was a former s people don't bring up that that he was an snl guy i don't think that gets brought up yeah they probably don't remember he was on like a couple of seasons yeah him and michael bryan were on I, at the same time i remember now that he actually said in a podcast recently that a couple of the sketches were failed snl sketches that got rejected and like there were a couple of like the best ones yeah, I mean, so, and so it, it just goes to show you like what they're doing. It's like, what are they doing? <laughs> right. I mean, even like Michael Che is currently one of. I mean, isn't he and Colin the the head writers of SNL right now? I know that it bums me out, man. Weekend Update is my baby. That's my baby. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, as a Norm guy, I even like the Dennis Miller Weekend Update. But like, <laughs> and like, I mean, any Polar and Tina Fey really, but like. I just don't think Colin Jost and Michael Shea are very good at Weekend Update. It's just not this, because they're not doing, like, the same kind of monologue joke. They're, like, yeah. riffing on, like, the news. It's like, no, these are monologue jokes, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still the best part of the show, but, yeah. like, I Michael... Just, I just miss it where it was crisp and, like, a dark how it used to right. be. Right. I mean, even like, Seth Meyers like had crisp, a... This was, like, the crisp part of the show. Yeah. But it's like, even Michael Shea is still being on the show went and produced a whole better sketch show than what he's producing on SNL. That's true, too, yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. guess it... I mean, is it the NBC executives that stand in the hallway just shooting everything down? Like, what's happening? Man, I would love to, I would love to be in charge of the monologue. I would love to write the, and write or be in charge of the monologue jokes. That's like a dream of mine. I, oh, I would nail it. it I'd, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Dude, if SNL really wanted to get popular again, then they would do more of letting guys like Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle host where like the next day they have to yeah. release it because they cut it because they cut the live feed because they couldn't show it on TV. Yeah, like, or it's like or it's like they're like they're, it's, it's like a, or they're like riffing on like a sensitive topic that happened that week and it's like someone you trusted to riff on it that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just wish that like actual comedians hosted it anymore maybe instead yeah, of yeah. like or at know. least like a or like a comedian or like an actor that's capable of doing that you know what i mean like a comedic actor that at least right. that has those skills which is like woody harrelson hosted recently and he was horrible dude <laughs> he was really he bad would be good at that to be honest you would actually think that he would have those skills by now you would dude but it's like it's even like some of the comedic actors are just not good at doing the actual yeah. like sketch you, comedy yeah you would think he would because he's done so many comedy i mean like he was he mainly only did comedies his like first five years yeah dude i mean he's been in some legendary comedies cheers, cheers. white I mean, men can't jump <laughs> yeah dude like white men can't jump cheers i mean fuck this guy should have comedy like 
comedic acting like you think S- snl should cut the musical act too because i don't th- no, remember the last no, time i just think they need to make it i just think they need to make it cool again yeah like or make good. it like it make it like <laughs> i don't know like an unplugged thing like try to steal that from mtv or something like yeah yeah or they could MTV, just MTV's obviously not going to do that, you know, ever again or whatever. Uh, yeah. Just try to get like cool bands and try to make them do like acoustic sets or something is what I would do. Like, let's try to steal that a little bit. Maybe this is the punk rock kid in me speaking, but I just would love it if like every SNL set, instead of being like an artistic showcase, was just like people jumping into the crowd and making them lose their minds. Like the germs yeah, did too. when I they mean, played in the seventies sure. on there. Yeah, I mean that too for sure. I mean, SNL is just like so culturally important, which sucks. But like we have to like keep it afloat because like like if we don't, then what have like the last like sixty years have been for? It's like that just like it goes down the tube for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just one, just just one of those institutions. You feel like you have to keep afloat, or else like we're just losing American history. Right. And it's been kind of in a stasis too for a while. Like it's it's like they don't want to try anything different. It's like they've got to have the political sketches during the election year. We've got to have a yeah. Trump and a Biden, and you know. And then they've probably gone. Maybe I don't know that they've gone too lib. I don't know. Who knows? But like, I think one of the biggest things is there. There's not really any memorable recurring characters anymore yeah. like back in the day you used to have things like canteen boy and uh yeah. you know like other things like that like they don't have that anymore you i know, know. I, like you can just be consistently good and just like not have like i mean like hell or keenan i mean sorry keenan was on there for fucking <laughs> the other one <laughs> keenan was on there for fucking 20 something years and like there's i don't remember a single catch that he had over those 20 years that just kept happening he was just yeah. a good person who was on there for 20 years. Like, yeah. just to point out what you're saying, like, the sketches and the characters aren't memorable. Yeah. Which I, I think the last recurring character they even had was Davis S. David S. Pumpkins, and that was just a complete accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had no, I mean, they had no idea. They made a meme. I don't know how old you guys were are, but, like, I remember even when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid, I remember, like, Princess, the driving cat yeah. or whatever. The like, yeah. that shit was so fucking funny. A cat that fucking drives, it's stupid as shit. This rules. Yeah, Mr. Robinson's like, neighborhood, like, they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, or... there's no just, like, random dumb bullshit like that. <laughs> or that it's yeah. like, come on. Caveman lawyer. That. Like, there's no, there's no deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Oh, those were great. Yeah, another hero. That's a hero of mine, for sure, is Jack Handy. Like, the oh, one-liners yeah. hero, for sure, like. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, like, that, I mean, it just isn't written how it used to be. They don't do it in the same format where they try to, like, think of something that's, like, dumb. Like, well, this is dumb, but it'll be funny. They're more like, is this about what happened this week, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, it's less about, like, being dumb and funny and more about, like, being topical. Either yeah. that, they have or, those people on there too, like or, like Sarah Sherman. I know that every sketch, oh, yeah. you can I, tell oh, when they take one of her sketches. Yeah, she's 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 capable of anything. I mean, she's incredible. Like the freaking meatball thing. Like you know yeah, that I was mean, her sketch when Oscar Isaac just has the meatballs on his face or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the kind of stuff that should be on SNL more. Like that's the kind of stuff that was on there in the nineties. Like when like the. Fucking! I live in a van down by the river. Like that shit's weird, man. Yeah. That's not like, that's not what like what people would consider now. Like people, yeah. people now like are like, oh, that'd be. We don't like alt comedy. We want like the normal stuff. But like even like the Chris Farley down by the river would be considered alt now. I feel like you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I think dumb comedy, you know, is king right now. Like everyone yeah. loves meme culture. Yeah. I just think yeah. they need to get back to just being weird. Like, just do yeah, something you gotta get weird. Back, you gotta be weird. If you can combine weird and clever, yeah. you got a fucking aid, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, but, like, my favorite comedian right now is Casey Rocket, dude. Like, he, he oh, is the yeah, epitome yeah, of that. that. show with William. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, the epitome of that, dude. He just pretends to be a freaking crab on stage and then just says <laughs> random stuff and just kind of dances around. Like, it's the, it's the funniest 
comedy I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I yeah, that it's nuts. I don't have that performance like level in me. I'm too autistic for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He has he has a different kind of autism where that just yeah, keeps him moving. Completely different kind of liking trains. Yeah, dude. He likes crabs, real he likes <laughs> crabs and grimace. <laughs> He's obsessed with both of them. But um Zach, I think we need to start wrapping it up, buddy. We've we've gone for almost an hour here. It's insane. Um, so you're coming to Lafayette Artmosphere Bistro. Uh, tell everybody everything they need to know about the show. Tell every, everybody everything they need to know about your specials, where you are online. Tell the people. They want to know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, where you... <laughs> I don't have where the show is, but... Uh... If you follow me on follow me on Twitter, uh, Zach Reiner Zero on Twitter, Reiner Zach on Instagram, uh, like all the shows and locations will be on there. Uh, I'm excited to come to Lafayette. It's going to be a lot of jokes. It's going to be uh, a 30 minute set for me is about 110 jokes. <laughs> nice, which is a pretty insane number. Um, but hey, you're getting your bang for your buck. Uh, I got my best friend coming with me from Denver. Uh, we we've uh, We've done a lot of comedy together. He's also very good. And uh, this is my second time being in uh, Louisiana to do comedy, and I'm very excited. Hopefully it goes better than the first time did. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the other shows in in New Orleans and Louisiana outside of that were, also, were awesome. So That's good. Um, I don't even... Man, I, mean, I don't want to say that guy's name because he's been canceled or whatever, but I'm glad he's not doing great anymore. <laughs> what sucks is he's still doing better than you think he is. Oh, that's oh. not great. <laughs> he still does, like, improv classes to businesses. <laughs> like, he's oh, finding a way to make himself relevant. Well, we uh, should figure out a way to sabotage him. Yeah, dude, we should. We should talk about illegal stuff <laughs> off the podcast. Um, Zach, where can people stream your special, by the way? A boatload of jokes. Uh, I mean, you can, it's not, that one's just an album, and you can, I mean, anywhere where you listen to albums, you can find it. Spot, nice. It's back on Spotify, even. Uh, it, I think most, I think all the tracks are on YouTube for free, even if you just want to listen to it, to be honest. I'm not, it's fine. Uh, it's been out for it's been out for a few years. You I'm sound so to... defeated, Zach. It's fine. It's been out for a point. few years. But, I'm not trying to make. But you mentioned a little while ago anymore. that you were uh, you're going to be doing a new special. When is that one going to be going down? Uh, yeah, that one I'm uh, recording on October 26th at the Comedy Fort in Fort Collins. Uh, it's uh, with 800 pound gorilla. Oh yeah, uh, nice. So that'll be fun. Yeah, and that, it'll be about half an hour. It'll be about that's what my first one was about a half an hour. Awesome. That's so awesome, dude. I, I love playing, to hear that. I'm playing with the idea. Uh, I did a show uh, recently that went really well where a guy just, because Hedberg did this on an album where a guy just played the bass behind him. And uh, I I did it recently and it worked really well. So I'm playing with the idea of somebody playing like bass behind dude, me while I tell you. You would be right. surprised at, at how well that worked because I had oh, a guy dude. here play acoustic guitar behind me one night when I was doing a set. It was awesome. <laughs> it was one of my man. best ones. You like, get into such a rhythm, it's like, yeah. oh my God. And then I did a Super Mario Brothers joke and he busted into the Super Mario Brothers theme and it was just great. I'm like, God damn it, oh, why are rules. we not recording that this? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so easy to get into a set where they're just playing that rhythm when they're just playing that bass line. It's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do it, dude. I'm telling you, it, it works. It's so I'm thinking of, yeah, so I think good. I might do it, yeah. But that's that, awesome to hear, man. I'm I'm glad that's coming together for you. Eight hundred pound gorilla media is at the forefront of I think independent comedy albums. So putting an album on there is is huge for, for people who, who aren't aware of that. Uh, I'm very excited to listen to it myself, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I it literally happened because I was opening for Tom Takar. Open to do. He was recording his 800 pound gorilla special. Yeah, and I was opening, and the 800 pound gorilla people just watched the whole show, and so they saw my set and hit me up. So it was dude, very that, cool. That's, that's so awesome. lucky. <laughs> like, how lucky yeah. are you, man? <laughs> very cool. That's awesome. That's not lucky, dude. That's hard work, brother. <laughs> Put in that hard work, Jason. Jacob, what you got coming up? 
Uh, you can catch me in Mobile October 6th, uh, Stone versus Drunk versus Sober Showcase. I will be on that. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, we have to give you guys all of our bonuses this month. Me and Jason are going to be working very hard on giving you guys that. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Andrew Steiner, uh, Neil Rubenstein for the second time, and I just booked Andrew Ferrara, who's a local comic, who is uh, fantastic, a local producer here. He's going to be on a, an August episode with us. And uh, make sure you get in the Patreon if you're not yet. You get tons of bonus content, extra episodes, challenge videos. Uh, you get a peek at my screenplay I'm working on. Uh, you get an entire extra like segments of the show where we break down headlines, watch movies, rant about stuff. And There's for Patreon this month, uh, J- we're, uh, Jacob's going to be eating one of those like uh, huge cheeseburgers. From Burger yeah. King with the twenty slices of cheese on it because I called Burger oh, King. Shit. I called Burger King and they're gonna do it. So we're gonna <laughs> make, make sure Jacob to get some water, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I will drink Diet Coke, no substitute. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> so the, you called the Burger King and they said that they'd make it for us. Yes, oh, they, we, fuck we yeah, could, they'll make it for us, but we we're not allowed to record any video in the Burger King, so we'll have to do it in the parking lot or something. I don't know. Oh, dude, when did Burger King get stingy about being on camera? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't they like the marketing? Didn't they enjoy the marketing? I know, you would think so. They said, have it your way. I want to film myself eating it in your lobby. (laughs) Like, yeah, you've been getting your ass kicked by McDonald's for 50 years now. You could use all the publicity you can get. Yeah, exactly. We should ask them about sponsorships, too, while we're there. Yeah, for real. Open micers brought to you by Burger King. I'm down. Down to kick it up the ladder. <laughs> but uh, is that it? Is that it for us tonight? Yeah, dude, that's it. Awesome. Well, uh, if you guys want to email us, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. We are, of course, at openmikers.com. And uh, you can go to our link tree, link tree slash openmikerspodcast. That'll take you everywhere you need to go. And uh, go to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the code OMPODCAST for 10% off your order. And thank you for hanging out with us. And we will see you all next week. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.